You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Most people in their lives are experiencing some kind of limitation. This is the year of decisions. Last week I spoke on that the obstacle can be the way. That the very thing that you are facing right now is the thing that God can use to take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. And we looked at David, that looked at the giant, where everybody was fearful and afraid and saw a big giant. He saw somebody that was an uncircumcised Philistine, not in covenant with God. And he said, this giant is going to fall. I'm in covenant with God. But you sit here and you want to be positive. You want to look at an obstacle as an opportunity, but you're finding it very difficult and you ask yourself why. This is the year of decisions. And you've made the decision not to be offended as much this year than last year. Maybe you said, I've made the decision that the month of January, I'm not going to get offended. Let me see. Who of you did not get offended? Raise your hand. Not one hand. Why can I be so sure? Because the Bible teaches us in the book of Luke 17 verse 1. That offense comes to everyone. It's inevitable. It's not if you're going to get offended. It is when you are going to get offended. But you can make a decision to use that offense not as an obstacle but as a friend. Because now you know you have to hold on to God even more. Offense is the number one weapon of the enemy. To attack God's people. To get you distracted. To lose focus. And to cause limitations in your life. And sometimes it's the smallest, most stupid things that we get offended about. I remember once I was just having a meal with my family and there was a bottle of cool drink. And as I took it, I took it at the top and the lid was not closed. And I was the one who spilled the cool drink. But then I was accusing everybody. Who of you children didn't put this thing back? And here I find myself as a pastor, surrendering my emotions to Coke Light. Has that happened to you? Stand back and I say, God help me. That I don't get offended over something like cool drink. The cool drink cannot even hug me. Cannot encourage me cannot support me, cannot even say, I want to be with you in the building project. But I surrender all my emotions to that. Turn to the person next to you and say, offense comes to everybody. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. The one thing that I've seen about offense Offense is not in our minds. Offense is in our hearts. You take offense in your heart. Matthew chapter 18 verse 21. I'm reading from the Passion Translation verse 21. Later Peter approached Jesus and said, How many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Seven times? Jesus answered, Not seven times, Peter, but seventy times seven. The lessons of forgiveness in heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. There once was a king who had servants who had borrowed money from the, 
royal treasury, he decided to settle accounts with each of them. As he began to process, it came to his attention that one of his servants owed him one billion dollars. So he summoned the servant before him and said to him, pay me what you owe me. When his servant was unable to repay his debt, the king ordered that he be sold as a slave along with his wife and children and every possession they owned as payment towards his debt. Men, listen to me quickly. Fathers, listen to me quickly. What you do will affect your children and your wife. You want to be the head? Remember, what you do can affect your wife and your children. If you don't want to forgive, it can affect your wife and your children. The servant threw himself face down at his master's feet and begged for mercy. Please be patient with me. Just give me more time and I will repay you all that I owe. Upon hearing his pleas, the king had compassion on his servant and released him and forgave his entire debt. No sooner he had the servant left when he met one of his fellow servants who owed him $20,000. He seized him by the throat and began to choke him, saying, You'd better pay me right now everything you owe me. His fellow servant threw himself face down at the feet and begged, Please be patient with me. If you'll just give me time, I'll repay you all that is owed. But the one who had his debt forgiven stubbornly refused to forgive what was owed him. He had his fellow servant thrown into prison and demanded he remain there until he repaid the debt in full. When his associates saw what was going on, they were outraged and went to the king and told him the whole story. The king said to him, You scoundrel! Is this the way you respond to my mercy? Because you begged me, I forgave you this massive debt that you owed me. Why didn't you show the same mercy to your fellow servants that I showed you? In a fury and anger, the king turned him over to the prison guards to be tortured until all his debt was paid. Many people are tormented today. Do you know why? Because of unforgiveness. Many people are tormented today because of unforgiveness. Attacked by demons. Not because of anything but unforgiveness. In the same way my Heavenly Father would deal with any of you if you do not release forgiveness from your heart towards your fellow brother. Story is told here of a man that owed one billion dollars. In South African terms, that would be 14 billion rand that he owed. And he couldn't pay it, and the king released him from that debt. And somebody that owed him $20,000, that's about 30,000 rand. And he would not forgive. Do you know why people are not prepared to forgive? Number one, offense is everywhere because of a lack of love. And number two, people don't want to forgive because of pride. And these ingredients, when people allow it into their lives, it causes a limitation. Because number one, faith works through love. The reason why people don't want to forgive, pride. I'm not going to forgive this person. Do you know what they did to me? They should suffer. 
You want to be the judge. And this is the trap of the enemy. Because you need to make good decisions. But when you have pride in your heart, the Bible says in the book of Obadiah 1 verse 3, the pride of your heart has deceived you. So when you don't want to forgive and you have that pride in your heart, pride produces deception. And you're doing everything right, but nothing's working out. Because pride is deceiving you, taking you in the wrong direction, leading you in the wrong direction. And you say, why these limitations in my life? Why have you not forgiven? Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how many times they've done it to me. This is the trap of the enemy. Many people come to prayer line today and they say, deliver me or disconnect me from limitations in my life. And all you have to do is forgive. Believers that know what offense can do, they know that offense will cause a limitation in your life. Why? Because you'll view everything through the offense. Even when a good opportunity comes, you look at that opportunity through offense. You that are single, that are looking for a spouse, even when the best person comes, because you were offended with the last person in your life, you're entering into the new relationship with offense. Pride will tell you not to forgive. Pride will say, don't forgive that person. Obadiah 1 verse 3, the pride of my heart. The pride of your heart is deceived. You can go read it. It's because you think you're high in the mountains, you're safe, you're not. Isn't it time for you to forgive? This is the year of decision. Make the decision to move on. It's the lack of love that causes so much offense. We live in a society that's frustrated. A society that has a lot of expectations. When you place expectations on people, unrealistic expectations upon people, you are setting yourself up for offense. Think this person must help you, this person must do this for you. And it doesn't happen and you get offended. And it's the trap of the enemy. Let me give you some good news. There's hope for all of us. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Remember, he was in his mother's womb. And jumped already when he experienced the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist was the one who baptized Jesus. He was the one who heard the voice that said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He was the one who had the revelation that this is the Lamb of God. I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. This is the John the Baptist that saw the Holy Spirit come down from heaven like a dove. On Jesus. Who do you think he had a bit of revelation who Jesus was? He knew that Christ came to set the captives free. He saw the Spirit of God descend upon him like a dove. And he knew. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to set the captives free. So what did he do when he was in jail? When he was taken captive, he sent his disciples and he said, Go and tell Jesus, I'm in jail. He must come and get me out. 
Jesus said, go tell John the Baptist, I am setting the captives free. The blind, they are seeing. The deaf, they are hearing. The cripple, they are walking. Oh, and by the way, tell John, blessed is he that's not offended because of me. What was he saying? He was saying, the expectation that he has got of what I'm supposed to do, tell him I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And he should not take offense. Many people today are offended with God. Because they have told God, this is what you are supposed to do, and God didn't do it exactly in that way. And since that time, there's been a limitation in your life because you're offended with God. It's time to remove those limitations. God wants to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Offense is all about your heart. The Bible says those with a pure heart will see God. So if the enemy can contaminate your heart with offense and bitterness and unforgiveness, it's difficult for you to see God. You say, where is God? And now we start to blaspheme. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John 3. Genuine people let go of an offense because they know offense produces limitations in their lives. If you say you're humble, why have you not forgiven? Now it's very quiet. Because now the spotlight's on you and the spotlight's on me. 1 John 3 verse 13. So don't be shocked, beloved brothers and sisters, if you experience this world's hatred. Yet we can be assured that we have been translated from spiritual death into spiritual life because we love the family of believers. Yet we can be assured that we have been translated from the spiritual death into spiritual life because we love the family of God. A loveless life remains spiritually dead. Everyone who keeps hating a fellow believer is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. If you live a loveless life, you're not spiritually alive. Because you are born of love. You can love those that even hate you. Pastor, you don't know what they've done. Do you know what Jesus has done for you on the cross? You know when it's the worst? When you don't expect it. You come to church, or you go to work, or you go visit family, and everything should be fine. And yet unexpectedly, somebody from the side, pah, hits you. You're just trying to do good. That's when it's the most difficult. Remember David. His father just sent him to take some bread and cheese to his brothers on the battlefield. And when he got there, his brothers insulted him. They said, we know your heart is full of pride. Why are you here? Don't you have something better to do? Little boy, are you not supposed to look after the sheep? Go sit there where nobody can see you and be quiet. God is busy preparing him to become a giant slayer. And his brothers are insulting him. Ridiculing him. Saying, why are you here? Your heart is full of pride. Your motives are not good. And David says, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason why I'm here? God brought me here. He could have taken offense. 
But remember, if he took offense, faith works through love. When you want to do something great for God, people will throw things at you that will offend you. Because the enemy wants you to respond offensively. And once you respond offensively, you've given him a foothold. Because now you're offended and he can limit you. And he can use his weapons now. But when you don't take offense, cannot limit you. Can I tell you something? You will not believe what people have said to us during this building project. Things that we could have taken offense. Telling me now. I'm not going to say any of, mention any of them because I don't want you to take offense. Amen. Because if you have forgiven people, you don't tell the story over. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, if you are forgiven, you don't tell the story over. Because some of you say, I have forgiven. I'm just not forgetting right now. How would you like if God forgave you like that? Because some of you I know are running many times a day to the Lord and saying, please forgive me, please forgive me. You say, thank you, Lord. I'm so grateful I'm forgiven. And nobody will know. Nobody's going to mention. But then God says there in heaven and he says, Father, I just want to tell you quickly about Tabu, what Tabu did. No. Jesus is the one who paid the price in full. If you have forgiven, don't tell the story over. A matter of fact, if you're still telling the story the whole time, and you, can, you hear when somebody tells a story from their heart and there's a lot of pain. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Bible says, be careful lest a root of bitterness springs up and many become defiled. So if you are still defiling people, talking ugly about those people, it means your heart is bitter. Listen to me. Your heart will reveal the true you. A good man out of the good treasure in his heart produces good things. But if there's bitterness in your heart, bitterness will flow out of your heart. Your heart will always snitch on you. Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. So it's very easy to know if somebody is bitter. It's very easy to know if somebody has let go of something or not let go of something. How do you know? They talk about it. Do you know what that person did? The Bible says, even when you're offended with a brother, you go to the brother and go make right. What do we do today? We jump on social media. Do you know what Susie did? And you offend how many people? Family, listen to me. Just like Adam and Eve did not know the damage that was done through one offense. You don't know how much damage can be done through one offense. Many of you don't know how much damage you've done by telling a story over and over and over and over. Do you know what's the good news? The Bible says in Romans 5 from verse 15, Offense came into this world by one man, but righteousness came into this world through one man as well, Jesus Christ. 
So just as you don't know how much damage one offense can do, I want to tell you, only heaven knows how much good can be done through one deed of obedience. Listen to me. One deed of obedience can result in so much good. Us starting the special needs class is one step of obedience, but we'll only know in heaven one day what would be the end result of that. Let me, let me bring something closer for all of you here sitting here, the majority of you sitting here. Maybe you don't know that. Many people are surprised to find out that I'm actually Afrikaans. I'm actually Afrikaans. Are you, are you shocked? I hope you're not shocked. Please forgive me if I'm Afrikaans, if that offends you. But I'm actually Afri Afrikaans. But in 1997, the Lord said to me, I want you to put your Afrikaans Bible aside, start reading English, start praying English. Otherwise, you'll not be able to fulfill what I've called you to do. That which seemed very ordinary in the natural has had an extraordinary effect in the spirit. I still speak Afrikaans today to my mother and my father, but when I preach, I preach in English. If I preached Afrikaans, would you be here this morning? No, yes. At least you're honest. Can you see the effect of one small deed of obedience, the impact that it can have in the spirit? Today, many of you have come to salvation and you know the Lord Jesus Christ just because of that small little thing. That small thing that you do can have a major impact upon a whole community and a whole society. People don't want to forgive because they are stubborn. Their hearts are full of pride. David's own brothers attacked him. His eldest brother attacked him. Can you imagine? God's plan for the day is to kill a giant. And he sends David there and his brothers try to offend him. Your limitations that are limiting you, it's time to let go of your offense and you'll see the limitations will also go. Turn to Romans chapter 5. Let me read it quickly. Let's say this is offense. Hold it. Throw, give it to me, the offense. This offense that's coming towards me, the way I react towards this offense determines my future. Listen to me. The way I react to this determines my future. Let's say this is a, a ton. Let's say this thing weighs a ton. If I respond to this and I take this offense, then this becomes a weight in my life. And everything that I now look at, everything that I see, I will view through this offense. And because I don't want to let go of it, it deceives me more and more and more. You know what's the thing about offense? Offense is not given. Offense is taken. So even if he comes with this offense, push it against me. This offense wants me to behave offensively and throw something back, like the microphone. Or It wants me to respond offensively. Sometimes people offend us and they don't even know that they're offending us. What do I mean? 
you're sitting on your favorite chair where you always sit, and now you come here, and now there's a youngster sitting on your chair. Do you not know this is my chair? Do you not know this is where I sit? Don't you have the Spirit of God to tell you, don't sit there? Why are you sitting? Your response towards an offense determines your future. The enemy will come and tempt you the whole time. If he's tempted you and you've passed the test, remember, the Bible says the enemy left him, the devil left him for a more opportune time. Offense will often come and challenge your sonship. Jesus did not take offense. Jesus walked in forgiveness. Let me read you Romans 5 verse 15. We need God to show us how much we need him. For you to have revelation of God's word, you must be able to meditate upon God's word. That means God's word must dominate your heart. For God's word to dominate your heart allows you and puts you in a position to start to meditate upon the word of God. And when you meditate upon the word of God, then revelation comes. It's there where God can lead us and guide us. But if your heart is full of offense, it's difficult to meditate upon the word of God. Because you're giving supremacy to the offense in your heart and not God's word. Amen? God must have the highest place in your heart. God must have the rightful place in your heart. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses re resulted in justification. You know what this means? You can make a decision not to take offense and not give offense. Proverbs said, even when people insult you, be quick to forgive them. So you know the enemy is going to attack you. If you know God has called you to be a giant slayer, expect some brothers to say some stupid things. But don't take offense. The book of Ephesians, is it 4 verse 31, says that we should forgive as Christ has forgiven us. This is the key. Forgive in the same way as Christ has forgiven you. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. This is the key. Family, Jesus, when he prayed for you, in John chapter 17, he said, Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given them. Romans teaches us that all have fallen short of the glory of God because of sin. That means from the beginning, God has planned glory for you. The enemy will throw whatever he can at you so that you cannot walk in that glory. The good news is, Christ came and made a way. Adam sinned and brought the offense in, and a lot of damage was caused. But today you can make a decision to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ, that which seems ordinary would have an extraordinary effect in the spirit. Years from now, you'll hear the testimonies of many people just because of the special needs class that we started. Something small, one little word written on the architect plans 
special needs class. Seems very insignificant, but it will touch hundreds and thousands of people's lives. Don't let anything limit you. Expectations that you have, remove them. Gentlemen, can I give you some good advice in your marriage? Remove all the expectations. Sometimes we place expectations on our wives that are unrealistic. And all that we are doing, we're giving the enemy an opportunity to plant offense in our hearts. But she's supposed to behave like this. She's supposed to be like this. Doesn't the Bible say she should be like this and this? Be very careful. Remember the same measure that you are using to measure your wife with the Word of God. The Word of God can measure you. Are you not supposed to be like Jesus? Are you not supposed to be forgiving? Are you not supposed to lay your life down and be a servant and become the least? You know what that means? It means sometimes you can make the cup of coffee. Yes, you're the head. And you're the father and we honor you and we respect you. But sometimes you have to show Jesus to your children and show them that you can also be a servant. That you can also lay down your life and be the least. Amen? Some of the expectations you've placed on your children are unrealistic. And all you say is things that defile them. Because you have an expectation they're supposed to become a doctor and now they become a comedian. You've heard the story. But something like that can offend a parent. Paid all this tuition money, all these school fees, all the university fees to become a medical doctor so that you can help people and now you make people laugh. Something like that can offend somebody. That's why you as a parent must know that child and train that child in the ways of the Lord that when he grows up he will not depart from that which God has got for him. Not what you have for him. Many people are offended with their children just because they had an unrealistic expectation. And you don't have a good relationship with that child today just because of an expectation. An offense that is in your heart. The first time my wife made food, I got offended. I'm confessing my weakness. The first time she made mince for me. Bought some mince, prepared it nicely. And when I got it and I looked at it, I said, where's the vegetables? She says, there's onions. I said, no, where's the vegetables? My mother puts vegetables in her mince. Many of you have been offended with your wives because of your mother's food. You didn't marry your mother. You married your wife. And a plate of food is the instrument the devil uses to cause a limitation in your life. There's much more recipes that she's got than that one. But because of that behavior, your food options became limited. <laughs> Say, I'm going to forgive my wife about the recipes for not using, making food like my mother. If you want your mother's food, go visit your mother. But you didn't marry your mother. Is your mother also going to give you children? I don't think so. <laughs> don't get offended with me now. I'm just helping some of you. Amen. Say, I'm going to forgive as Christ forgave me. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.